Welcome to Idlewild Cottage, a quiet place where kindred spirits can linger together over a cup of tea, savoring all things lovely and cozy. My name is Juliana, and I'm delighted to have you. Each episode here at the cottage will center around a theme. That theme will be celebrated in a number of ways, through literature, art, nature, and even some favorite movie scenes, we'll cherish the sweet and simple things of life. So make yourself at home, and I'll put the kettle on. It was a dark and stormy night. Now, you might think we are about to be swept into a gothic novel, or perhaps into A Wrinkle in Time. In reality, we are being swept back to the 90s. The 1990s. A fierce windstorm had hit our county. At the time, our family was living on the edge of a forest. The towering fir trees yielded to the storm, bending and swaying as the gusts tore through the landscape. All was wild without. But within? The power had gone out. We were yielding to the forced reality of an old-fashioned lifestyle, and we were loving every minute of it. I was about 18 or 19 at the time, and my mom, sister, and I especially gobbled up the novelty of living as though we were pioneers. Thankfully, we had a wood stove, which meant that we had a ready supply of heat and a reliable way to prepare meals. Mom hovered over the stove just like Ma and cleverly whipped up some stew. Later, we would heat water for hot cocoa, and I would shake a pot over the heat to make the ideal evening snack, popcorn. Making the most of the adventure, I put on my Laura Ingalls-inspired calico dress, lit a candle, and pulled out a book of Alcott's short stories. I wished the storm could last forever. It was pretty easy to fill one evening with electricity-free entertainment. It took more time than usual just to prepare meals, and the spare moments were filled with visiting, snacking, and reading. As we wend our way through the winter series at Idlewild Cottage, we'll center our thoughts this week on the many indoor entertainments that kept evenings lively in an age when parlor games, artistic pursuits, and plays were all the rage. Children and adults alike called upon a creativity and ingenuity that just might inspire us to have an electricity-free evening this winter as well. Two especially warm scenes are portrayed in the 1995 adaptation of Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility. In our first scene, the Dashwood sisters are adjusting to life with their brother and sister-in-law who have descended upon their home. Surrounded by the flicker of candlelight, we see Eleanor quietly working on her embroidery. Meanwhile, Marianne is passionately coaching Edward in the proper delivery of William Cowper's poem, the castaway. He lacks all emotion, much to Marianne's exasperation. With flushed cheeks and bright eyes, she challenges Edward, startling the dozing Margaret in the process. No voice divine the storm allayed, no light propitious shone. Can you not feel his despair? Try it again. <laughs> and poor Edward is back at it, awkwardly emphasizing the wrong syllables. In a later fireside scene, Marianne is hopelessly in love with Willoughby. The party of friends and family is cozily gathered in the parlor, occupied by various diversions. And Marianne's diversion? She is intently sketching the dashing Willoughby, 
who is positioned behind a framed screen. The candlelight casts his shadow onto the screen, and Marianne is able to reproduce his silhouette onto a paper marked with grid lines. I've always been intrigued by the creative use of fire and candlelight to provide entertainment, and one especially fun diversion of long ago was the Magic Lantern Show. The Magic Lantern was an early slide projector. It used mirrors and a light source, such as an oil lamp, to cast images onto a screen. As we are cozily seated in the parlor of Idlewild Cottage this winter evening, we'll circle around the magic lantern and delight in the pictures cast upon the wall for our art moment today. Since we love literature around here, let's look at a series of original illustrations from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Can you imagine the delight you would have felt as a child watching these colorful images light up the wall? I encourage you to look up the Magic Lantern Show, Alice in Wonderland slides. Speaking of shows, Louisa May Alcott was always brimming with ideas. Her characters are regularly putting on shows and tableaus, a hobby that gives us a glimpse into what the Alcott home was like. As an aside, you might recall the reference to the boots in her book, Little Women. They were a stage prop that appeared as often as possible. Well, these boots are drawn from reality. In her biography, Invincible Louisa, Cornelia Meggs unveils the history of the boots, which make their debut in a barn theater production performed by the Alcott girls. Somewhere, Louisa laid hands upon some skins of tanned leather and cut out crude profiles of what she imagined a nobleman's boots to be. These she sewed together over and over as a less enterprising young person sews patchwork. The result was truly magnificent. Louisa trod the boards of the barn theater through her first play in a blaze of glory. The curtain went down to applause which shook the old barn rafters. Some of the acclaim was for Anna, who was a really gifted actress. Some of it was for Louisa, and a great deal of it was deservedly for the boots. Okay, back to Alcott's works. In her 1880 book, Jack and Jill, the village children come up with a variety of evening entertainments. In Chapter 12, a formal program is presented to the parents and younger siblings. When the evening came, the bird room presented a fine appearance. One end was curtained off with red drapery, and real footlights with tin shades gave a truly theatrical air to the little stage. We see that several little skits and plays follow, among them a tableau portraying Sleeping Beauty. The girls had kept the secret of who the princess was to be, and when the curtain rose, a hum of surprise and pleasure greeted the pretty group. Jill lay asleep in all her splendor, the bonny prince just lifting the veil to wake her with a kiss, and all about them the court in its nap of a hundred years. The tableau theme is a common one in literature. Parlor guests would don costumes and freeze in place, portraying scenes. Like charades, the challenge is to guess the scene. In Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre, we see Jane quietly looking on as Mr. Rochester and Lady Ingram enact a scene. 
Seated on the carpet by the side of the basin was seen Mr. Rochester, costumed in shawls. Presently advanced into view Miss Ingram, a crimson scarf tied sash-like round the waist. Her upraised arm was in the act of supporting a pitcher. She approached the basin and bent over it as if to fill her pitcher. The personage on the well-brink now made some request and showed her magnificent bracelets and earrings. Kneeling, he laid the treasure at her feet. Jane, though remaining quiet, is quick to recognize the biblical scene as Eliezer seeking a wife for Isaac and meeting the beautiful Rebecca at the well. Another popular parlor entertainment was the magic show. I especially love how this humorously plays out in the American Girl movie, Kit Kittredge. With a stellar cast, this movie draws us into life during the Great Depression. As a way of supplementing their meager income, the Kittredge home is open to boarders. Throughout the movie, we find the boarders entertaining themselves and each other with music, books, and magic. Stanley Tucci plays the magician who invites Joan Cusack, the librarian, to be his volunteer. A mysterious tune is struck at the parlor piano by the vivacious Miss Dooley, and the magician wows Kit and her friends by levitating the clueless Miss Bond. Now, many of the parlor entertainments we've looked at so far require props, programs, and preparation. But often, all that's needed is a little storytelling and music to bring joy to a gathering of friends, as in this inviting winter scene from Lucy Maud Montgomery's Anne's House of Dreams. The hours bloomed into mirth around the driftwood fire. Captain Jim told tales, and Marshall Elliott sang old Scotch ballads in a fine tenor voice. Finally, Captain Jim took down his old brown fiddle from the wall and began to play. There was something so infectious in the rollicking tunes which he played that very soon Marshall Elliott's feet began to twitch. Presently, he started up and held out his hands to Leslie. Instantly, she responded. Round and round the firelit room they circled with a rhythmic grace that was wonderful. The way Captain Jim weaves stories throughout this book reminds me of Charles Ingalls and the many fireside tales he told to his little girls. Pa and Ma and Mary, Laura, and Carrie were comfortable and happy in the little log house, especially at night. Then the fire was shining on the hearth. Ma sat in her rocking chair, sewing by the light of the lamp, and then Pa told stories. When Laura and Mary begged him for a story, he would take them on his knees and tickle their faces with his long whiskers until they laughed aloud. He settled Laura and Mary more comfortably on his knees, and he said, I'll tell you about Grandpa and the Panther. Another time, Pa piqued the girl's interest by telling the story about the voice in the woods, And, on an especially topsy-turvy Sunday, Pa made the day special for his girls by telling about Grandpa's sled and the pig. But rather than actually telling you Pa's stories, I'll encourage you to pick up Little House in the Big Woods for an especially cozy read. As we shift our attention to another humble little cabin, we'll see that Peter the Goat Herd from Johannes Berry's book Heidi has learned to read and he uses his new skill to make the evenings more pleasant for his family. 
The snow had become soft again, and it snowed day after day so that Heidi was not able to go see the grandmother for three long weeks. But for that reason, she was more eager in her work with Peter so that he might take her place and read hymns to the grandmother. One evening, Peter came home from Heidi's and ran into the room and said, I can do it now. What can you do, Peterkin? asked his mother, full of expectation. Reading, he answered. Is it possible? Have you heard, Grandmother? The grandmother had heard it and had to wonder how it happened. Now I must read you a hymn, for Heidi said so, he continued. His mother took down the book quickly, and the grandmother was glad, as she had not heard the words for a long time. Peter sat down at the table and began to read. This week, let's combine our poetry and psalms and look at one of the grandmother's favorite hymns from this sweet story. In truth, he who created thee, his glory in thee showing, hath long ago in this decree determined all foreknowing. What good for thee and thine will be, in faithfulness he'll give it. Curb thou thy will, wait be thou still, to his good pleasure leave it. I hope this week's episode will encourage you to seek out moments to be still, to temporarily set aside the busyness and speed of electricity, to slow down to enjoy a book by candlelight, a game night near the fire, a round of charades with the family, or even a magic show complete with mysterious piano music. Before we sign off, I'd like to peek into the Idlewild Post to thank a few kindred spirits for reaching out. Right off the bat, I'd like to thank Kelly Ann for requesting that I include book titles in the show notes. I'm not sure why I didn't think of this sooner, so thank you, thank you, Kelly Ann, for prompting me to add this to my weekly content. It's also such a treat to hear how you listeners are sharing literature with your families. Teresa was a teacher who now misses the opportunities to present quotes from great literature and discuss them with students. Her one-year-old isn't quite ready for such discussions, but Teresa is now planting seeds while reading Little Women Aloud at nap time. And after rereading the Little House series recently, Brianna headed for the kitchen. She was inspired to make ham, fried potatoes, and the lettuce salad with vinegar and sugar for dinner to bring some Ingalls nostalgia into her home. Thanks again for reaching out, ladies. And kindred spirits, may we each be inspired to bring simple joys into our homes this week. Thank you for joining me today, dear ones. Please come again soon to Idlewild Cottage. <laughs>